0: All right, everybody, it is now time for the Gut Check Project. Let's talk about some of our sponsors for today's show, episode number 31. Of course, we're going to start it off with Atron Teal. You can get your own Atron Teal at lovemytummy.com slash KBMD. Chalk full of nature's best defense against IBS and bloating, polyphenols. Dr. Brown, what do you want to add to that?
1: One of the things is that we know that the future of protecting our microbiome, and if you listen to this podcast, you will realize that we're it's all about health span. It's all about protecting your health, and the microbiome is the most important thing that you can actually augment. Atrontil augments the microbiome. If you happen to be somebody that has IBS and bloating, well, we fix that also. So, in other words, if you have issues, take Atrontil. If you want to protect your health span, take Atrontil.
0: So. Autron Teal, not only for your gut health, protect your lifespan, lovemytummy.com slash kbmd, lovemytummy.com slash kbmd. Don't go to Amazon. Get it directly from the Autron Teal manufacturers themselves.
1: You know what? Because you're going to get a discount on this, and I'm going to correct you on this. You said lifespan. I said healthspan. Two different things. I want you to be healthy. That's the bottom line. Doesn't matter how long we live, if you end up with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and things like that, health span, my brother.
0: That's why we got Dr. Brown on the show and not just me. So, <laughs> lovemytummy.com slash KBMD. Now, talking about KBMD, we also have another sponsorship, KBMD CBD. KBMD CBD is all organic CO2 extracted and has been used clinically where we've gotten results, correct?
1: Correct. Absolutely. So one of the things is everybody's talking about uh, CBD these days, but um, getting the proper CBD is the key here.
0: If you cannot get direct access to a certificate of analysis, you're starting off on the wrong foot. All KBMD, CBD, lot number to lot number, every single run has an associated certificate of analysis so that you know that inside that bottle is exactly what appears on the label. And everything that we've ever or that Dr. Brown has ever found as a benefit from CBD has been tested in his own GI clinic and not just with himself, with many of his own colleagues. So... KBMD CBD, you can get your own at KBMDHealth.com, and you can also find the Dr. Brown Signature Protection Package, which includes CBD and AtronTeal. Now, why would someone want to do that?
1: That is a great question, Eric, and the reason why is because when we've been talking to scientists, we realize that when you take AtronTeal with CBD, it actually augments your own endocannabinoid production, meaning... You explain that, please. Well, if you
0: enhance your own endocannabinoid production, what you're going to do is give your body all of the elements that it needs to balance your immune system along with your nervous system. And by having that type of balance, you begin to decrease the uh, the negative effects of overinflammation. Or you could find out that you could sleep a little bit better, that you just don't say have the same aches and pains. Essentially, there's a great reason that we're discovering that CBD is essential as a micronutrient that we could consume every single day. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You've learned so
1: much. I've learned so So much. So ultimately what happens is that the polyphenols in AtronTeal actually decrease the enzyme that breaks down your own endocannabinoids. And that's how come I started getting into the science of this and I realized that every time everybody takes the KBMD Health CBD with AtronTeal, they do better. It augments it, meaning they work together.
0: Go to kbmdhealth.com, use code GCP, save 20% on anything that you wish to purchase. 20%? 20, That's on top of the discounts that already come in the bulk Sounds like I'm going
1: to lose money on that.
0: What's important is that everybody can rest assured you will not have money as a barrier to entry for your health.
1: You know what? That's exactly it. I don't even care about that. So we're going to lose a little money on this, but you guys get healthy. I'm on it. My kids are on it. My staff is on it. You're on it. Your Family's kids are on it. it. Everybody's on Absolutely. it. Every time I can get in front of somebody, our job with the gut check project is to promote health. 100. And this is one way to do it.
0: Speaking of promoting health, we have our first external sponsor that we'd like to go ahead and talk about. That is going to be somebody who made an an appearance on episode number 30, the Unrefined Bakery. So UnrefinedBakery.com, UnrefinedBakery.com. You can use code GUTCHECK to save 20% off your very first purchase, and it doesn't matter where you live, even though they are based in the DFW, Texas Metroplex, anywhere you live, they can ship to you. Gluten-free, paleo, keto-compliant, whatever you're after in your special diet, that's what they specialize in. Low-sugar breads, cupcakes, mix. It's incredible food that just happens to be gluten-free. What did you think of the uh, of the foods at uh, Unrefined Bakery? Oh, they were last week?
1: absolutely amazing. They were absolutely delicious. But here is something else I want to say. I had a patient that just came to me, and they went to the Mayo Clinic. They were at Cleveland Clinic. They were I mean, like desperate, right? And they were told by their gastroenterologist that gluten sensitivity is not a thing. Weird. <laughs> Guess what? Gluten sensitivity is a huge thing to me oh, because every time I eat it, I'm pretty much stuck in a bathroom. So Unrefined Bakery, I love the fact that we brought them on. We had uh, Taylor Ann and Ann. Taylor. Yeah. yeah, And they, they crushed it. They're super smart. Definitely. Um,
0: They're dedicated to their customers without question.
1: Dude, they have the same passion that we do, which is ultimately just promoting health. Absolutely. That's it. So I know, I, I, just, I had to laugh. This patient came to me and he goes, yeah, my doctor told me that uh, gluten sensitivity 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 was not a thing like it really is because I live it.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely. Unrefined Bakery, unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK. Save 20% off your first order. Make it a big order. So save 20% off a bunch of stuff. 20%. It, if you like, if you're if you, losing money also. Absolutely. If you walked away thinking you can't have bread anymore, start here. They sell bread. They sell bread dough. They sell cupcakes. They sell all, cookies. They sell, like I said, trill- Dude, can
1: you get on the rest of the show? Because I'm going to drive there yeah. right now and go get some cupcakes. <laughs>
0: unrefined you're doing
1: too good of a job of selling this whole
0: we may not have a show this may be it this may be episode 31 right here so unrefinedbakery.com. be sure and check them out use code gut check and now we're on to the show you're gonna love episode 31 dr brown is gonna dive pretty deep and Ooh. we'll get started here in three two one All right, everybody, it's now time for the Gut Check Project. It's episode 31. we got a special topic here today that Dr. Brown's going to cover. Has anybody ever thought about fecal microbial transplants? I almost screwed up the way I said it just then.
1: No, 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 no. You, You can't screw up poop. You can't screw up poop. You can't screw up poop. No, so
0: I didn't. It's like it's like everything's fine.
1: You know, I want to try something completely different here. So, what what happened, and the reason why I wanted to do this show, you and I, is that I uh, we're um, surprisingly getting some reach, and I got reached uh, by somebody instant messaged me from Sweden because oh. oh, some Sweden Sweden, um, because they actually had GI issues, developed bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. And then, in her desperation, she did a fecal transplant. In other words, she took somebody else's poop and put it in her body. So, if this sounds weird, it's not that weird. It's something that's, like, gaining a ton of traction. And then she reached out to me because she ended up feeling uh, way worse and developed several autoimmune issues and that's what I'm not, I I I want to get into the fact that FMT fecal microbial transplant is not a totally benign thing and if are are you open to maybe having me interview her I think it'd
0: be fantastic if you interviewed her. Uh, There's nothing like real-world conversation with people who have real-world ailments with real-world answers.
1: That's so awesome. Because one little thing that I want to discuss is a recent article was sent to me in the Journal of Psychology. Okay. Where openness to experience is linked to several things. So I would like everybody listening. The Gut Check Project is about... Checking your ego at the door and being open to different things. So one of the things that I'm really proud of is that every time we do this show, Mm -hmm. people reach out to us. We get a lot of emails. We we get a lot of people talking to us and then I have to address it. Well, this particular show where I interview Heli, I want to make sure that if you have IBS, if you have SIBO, bacterial overgrowth, if you suffer from anything, watch this because what I'm going to do is put a face... To the disease. And she was so kind to reach out to me and say, film me, and I want everyone else in the world to know. So this Swedish person who was very open about everything is exactly what I do in clinic every single day. So what you're gonna watch is what I do with her. It was a two hour interview. I cut it down to fifteen minutes. Right. So if you know anybody, please Refer them. If you actually want to sit there and learn a little bit more, uh, we have our, uh, our friend, Siobhan Sarna. Siobhan Sarna with SIBO uh, Summit. SIBO SOS
0: Summit. SIBO uh, SOS Summit. Yeah, absolutely.
1: SIBO SOS Summit. She's interviewed all the experts. I actually directed Hallie over there. But more importantly, be open. So if you're like, if you're about ready to go, ah, no, I'm not into it. What I'm going to tell you is a recent study came out in psychology today okay. that talked about openness. All right. Let's and talk. the fact that you said open makes me super excited.
0: <laughs> well, I hope I'm as excited when this is all over.
1: With. <laughs> I love how we show up. and, you, and I, I, I hold papers and you're like, where are you going? With well,
0: sometimes this? you give me papers. I don't even know they're there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Put simply. Okay. Openness is the drive to explore novel aspects of human experience okay now here's what's fascinating this article did this whole interview where they looked and 95 percent of americans feel that they are more open to new experiences than other americans
0: well wow that's amazing (laughs) That there's only that 5% that everyone's competing with.
1: I know. So it's funny, because as we sit there and look at this, um, we realize that 95% of of these Americans responded that they're more open than everybody else, but... As it turns out, when they actually went through the rest of the questionnaires, they're not. okay. As we age, we become very entrenched in our own habits.
0: Yeah, familiarity, I'm sure, is probably... Familiarity, 100%. It gotta be.
1: So, I love the fact that I threw a curveball at you here on the show, and I'm like, look, we're gonna do a a Zoom with a person in Sweden, so that's pretty much our guest this time. Sweet. So, anybody who is open to experiences, they have shown that the people that are more open to new experiences tend to be financially better, tend to have better relationships, and they tend to be happier. Okay. So, as much as you sit there and say, oh, well, I have my routines, being open and jumping off bridges, and not, I don't mean that literally. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The figurative. Figuratively, because you and I jump off a lot of. <laughs> bridges, figuratively. (laughs) But doing that more actually results in a more prosperous life.
0: Doesn't that make sense, though? Because whenever something's new, it it expands your mind. You have a new experience and doing the same thing over and over again. Look at what happens with people who have, quote unquote, stale relationships. They say, we did the same thing. And and then if that happens, (laughs) then you People always use the term spice things up. Where does spice come from? Spice comes from, from change, right? So embrace the change and uh, take, take what's coming at you.
1: Embrace the change. So what we're going to talk about today is a couple simple techniques. So this study, and then we're going to get into the interview. Okay. And then I'm going to... I mean, I wish I had some way to geek out, like some sign. It's like, okay, I'm going to geek out now because the article I'm going to get into <laughs> Maybe is, Paul can put a little sign that says geek out. Yeah, geek out. Like, now we're going <laughs> to geek out. So. Flip. I, I mean, i I find myself, I had a patient in that was a PhD and, um, I was sitting there telling her about some stuff and we started talking and next thing I know it's like 30 minutes and we're way beyond the actual issues that she came in to see. But I'm, I'm like, I'm like eating her brain about what she knows. And, and she's like, Oh my gosh, Hey, if you do this and this and this and this and this, I'm like the interconnection of what we can do when we start pulling our mind power together is really amazing and yeah this is kind of what this is about this is being open to new and novel things all right so I'm gonna tell you how to be open okay, okay. So, so. so rather than argue whether it's good or bad okay so the number one nudge the edge of your comfort zone okay so it has been shown in human studies that the more that you push things as we grow older We tend to confine ourselves more and more and more and more. Yeah as kids they will push themselves And you know, they'll just try anything. There's no established boundary. There's no established boundary as adults We tend to say this is my boundary. So I should not do that I am not gonna dance because that's not who I am. I am not gonna be silly I that's I guess that's why I love comedians. They just get up there and just throw down.
0: Sure, yeah, I love the. My grandpa or my granddad used to have funny little sayings, and one of the things he always said is, uh, "You always have to throw it against the wall, see if it sticks." Oh, uh, I love it. You know, you turn turn the key and see if it starts. Anything like that, you he's he's basically just. Uh, using metaphors for trying things out
1: we have one shot at life and we tend to limit ourselves because of the fear of the unknown
0: i would agree with that
1: quit doing that nudge your boundary push your confidence to levels and guess what it's okay to fail it is okay to fail that's the thing number two the number two way to actually become more accepting in the to openness uh-huh. is prototype over perfection.
0: Prototype over perfection. Uh, kind of interpretation of that would be it doesn't uh, have to be perfect to be used. It doesn't have to be perfect to be tested, right?
1: That's funny how you interpreted it that way, because the way that I read it was Eric Rieger and Ken Brown. We are prototypes <laughs> over perfection.
0: <laughs> Quick, get some microphones and a camera, and let's see what happens.
1: <laughs> now, um, So Thomas Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at making a light bulb. Yeah. And he actually was asked, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison's response was, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Absolutely. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you're not failing. No. It just becomes a step in the process. Be open to more things. 100%. Yeah, I
0: couldn't agree with that more.
1: And when you realize that people like Edison – Failed a thousand times. Step up. Yeah. No more excuses. And then, this is my favorite. All right. The number three way to be more open, Mm -hmm. follow your curiosities, not your passions. So you have two boys. I do. Gage Mac. Correct. And, you know, we always sit there and tell people, follow your passion, follow your passion. But the reality is, a passion is a very weird and personal thing. Yeah, and curiosities are can be stimulated in many different ways. I agree with that. Curiosities can be built from different angles. They can be built from experiences. They can be built from whatever. Follow the curiosity. The curiosity will lead to a passion.
0: I'm going to brag on my oldest here r- right quick because uh-huh. uh, he does play competitive basketball. And, oh, they both do. Gage and Mac both play competitive basketball, and and Mac hasn't had this opportunity, so this story is really. Just about Gage, but he has uh, or had some opportunities after he graduates high school this year to go and possibly explore playing basketball in a, uh, in a smaller school setting, etc. But as much as he enjoys playing basketball, he he doesn't think that that's what he wants to define him. He wants to keep his passion as his hobby and be inspired by being a traditional college student, being able to discover because he's afraid. That and for him, not for everyone, but being a collegiate athlete would basically wall him off from his ability for exploration. I mean, that's almost verbatim how he described it. He wants to be able to be a young man to still explore beyond the boundaries of a basketball. And I think that's completely awesome. Would have been a lot cheaper on everybody <laughs> if he played basketball, but that's that's not. We all live once, and that's not what was going to make him happy.
1: Isn't that fascinating? Because I know that uh, I mean we've talked a lot about Gage. Gage uh, explores his curiosities. Sure, he plays music. He does artists. He does video um, editing. He He does does different things. Um, My kids do the same thing. Where I just I, I want to encourage the whole curiosity aspect of it. And I didn't even realize that that is what makes you open. Sure. When you're curious, you're open. When you're open, you accept other ideas. When you accept other ideas, you accept other people. You can see that. Um, There's a whole path here. You eventually, by being open, you have empathy. By being open, you end up saying, I get where you're coming from. I could see what this is. You don't wall yourself off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And now I'll brag on my younger one. Mac Mac is oftentimes with his large, massive collection of friends, which spans about eight years in each direction. <laughs> um, he he oftentimes refers to them from their station in life. If they've had like a struggle or a big win, I've heard him say uh, they must be feeling this because this looks like that. This would have felt good or bad, and then kind of gives their you know, their environment perspective. So yes, I agree with that, that, uh, the curiosity would, would breed uh, empathy like that. That's really cool.
1: So this particular doctor, when they wrote this article, they said, while passion is fickle and high voltage, curiosity on the other hand is deep and abiding. When you approach something with a curious mindset, you're seeking growth and newness for the sake of novelty. Nice. So, uh, Stay curious, my friends. Yeah.
0: And it sounds like somebody else who said that. Yeah. Somebody else. I'm I'm, I'm not really sure we can reference
1: it because it's (laughs) supposed (laughs) to. So I I just I think it's interesting that in in this particular show, we're going to do something unique where we're going to put in a video of me interviewing a patient, but um, being open to new ideas, being curious. Sure. That is the kind of stuff. So as a physician, when I'm curious, I went down some rabbit holes on this particular topic. I bet. And I loved it. I loved it. I'm a, I'm a better doctor. This show is making me a better doctor. This show is um, going on um, Siobhan's uh, uh, webcast makes right. me a better doctor. I have to prepare for it. I have to do different things. I mean, we all have to sit there and realize, okay, I am going to be curious about this topic. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden it opens up a new door and you're like, we haven't thought about that. No, that's what this show is about. So if you've ever heard about fecal microbial transplant, meaning poop transplant, Mm -hmm. that's what this is about. And there's a lot of hype around it. If you haven't heard it, I listened to multiple podcasts on this. Dave Asprey had an expert on. I mean, like all the people that I like to listen to. Sure. Ben Greenfield. Uh, Ben Greenfield did this. Everybody did this. I'm going to sort of rock the whole ship here today. So um, let's be open to everything. Let's be open. The fact that if you're open, you're going to be open to ideas. You're going to be open to different perspectives. But the reality is, it's Gut Check Project. Check your ego at the door. What we're going to talk about is SIBO, bacterial overgrowth, mm-hmm. IBS. And if you want to watch somebody spill their guts and really be genuine and be open, I have an interview here that we're going to play in the next uh, few minutes um, with Heli from Sweden. Nice. And she was open and cool. And you're not alone. If you have any digestive issues, you're not alone. And that's the bottom line. So she, the story is this. She got sick. Then she was not right. Mm -hmm. Then in her desperation, meaning like she had the typical SIBO stuff, Mm -hmm. she got a fecal microbial transplant. She went to a doctor. He did a colonoscopy and placed poop from another person into her. And then uh, she got sicker. Oh, that wasn't what they were after. That's not what they were after. Right. And then she went back to the doctor and he's like, well, let's try again. And let's try again. And then she contacted me because she developed a multitude of autoimmune issues. Interesting. And she is essentially, she feels like she's dying. Mm. So I would not normally respond to a, a message, but she said, hey, I need your help. I'm like, look, here's what we're gonna do. I don't know if I can help you, but if you're willing to share your story, we'll play it and we'll learn together. So what I want is everyone, every doctor, every patient to listen to this and say we're gonna find something new to fix people. All that's right. what that's what this is about. So let's go ahead and turn it over. This is my interview with Heli from Sweden who reached out about having complications from a poop transplant fecal microbial transplant all right tune in um so tell me a little bit about yourself
2: okay i'm 36 um i've always been healthy until 2015. that after flagel everything my health went downhill i started it gave me horrible panic attacks i started getting Depressive mood. This is, this sounds strange, but I could actually feel it in my stomach. It was like a nervous. It kind of feeling, you know, when you have butterflies in your stomach, but it it wasn't like a good feeling. It was like, you, you just, you don't have any appetite. It was just like that. Right. Yes. Brain fog. And the worst thing I had ever felt in my life was something called derealization. You know, when I had nausea all the time, all the time for two years, I had not imagine you have a stomach flu that goes on every single day every waking hour for two days, for two years, that's what I had. And I lost my new job that I had gotten a week before I got flagell so I couldn't stay. So I, for three years, this brain fog and, and my, my, um, cause my, also my bowel movement. I mean, I had never always gone to the bathroom every day. I got maybe once every two days or something, but after flagell, my, my, um, the uh, stool wasn't the same uh, horrible horrible fatigue uh, i the brain fog i couldn't focus i couldn't i was always panicked. this this panic was the worst i wouldn't i mean if you have panic attacks oh, no, you
1: so essentially 2015 you get the antibiotics you start with yes. this down this path you are yes. when you eat especially carby food you get very bloated and then you yes. ended up having quite a few beginning with neurologic issues where you had the yes. brain fog, panic attacks, some depression, some sleep disturbance. Out of frustration. Yes,
2: insomnia. Yeah.
1: Yeah, insomnia. You you went to several different doctors. One of them was an advocate for FMT, known as fecal microbial transplantation. And you got mm-hmm. ultimately over over a course three different uh, fecal transplants. First one being with a colonoscopy, second one being with an enema, and then an enema again. Correct? En- Okay so both yes. of them. and after each one you had a reaction to it where you had
2: what yes. you felt like the
1: flu and you had lymph nodes that got big and then yes. since then you've had very significant skin and scalp issues with alopecia meaning your hair is falling out you've had biopsies which are indeterminate yes. and now the really unusual one yes. is the hypermobility and the feeling like your joints are getting mm-hmm. slightly bigger and um, and that is something that seems to be progressing with you right now. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. It's in
2: yeah. It's in the jaws, back. It just pops and pops everywhere.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yep. That is quite the history there, Heli. And I'm very sorry yes. that you're going through all of that. Let's try Thank and make sure a little bit of sense. I don't know if I can help you, but I do at least want to try and explain a few things just so that you're, you're a very intelligent yes, person, a ton of ton of reading. I'm gonna share my screen real, real yeah. quick, thanks. Yeah. So one thing that we do realize when we talk yeah. about, this is a moving target, as you can see. And so you have a history which is very consistent for yes. somebody to develop bacterial overgrowth. We know that SIBO can happen if you go through a stressful event, if you take antibiotics or have an infection, and you kind of had all three happen at a similar time, we know that that can affect yeah. the motility. It all comes down to motility. So you've already yes. um, learned the basics of bacterial overgrowth, a SIBO, and you understand that it's a, it could be population of bacteria growing where it shouldn't, so when you eat, the bacteria break it down. Yeah. These are just yeah. some recent studies that we've been looking at that kind of show how these different gases can affect things. So this is the effects and mechanism mm-hmm. of how methane affects ileomotor function. And if you listen to Dr. Pimentel talk, what he discovered in his lab is that what the methane does, it doesn't just shut it down. It actually makes your intestines do an uncoordinated contraction. So it's like it just sort of spasms. And when it does that, it doesn't move anything, Mm -hmm. thus allowing bacteria to continue to grow. Now we know that you grew out both hydrogen Mm -hmm. and methane. And we do know that when you have hydrogen, if it can actually bind and produce hydrogen sulfide,
2: bit of methane but more
1: hydrogen yes more hydrogen And so what what i see in my practice is that it is the multibiome. it's how these different organisms interact with each other including fungal organisms mm-hmm. producing possibly co2 or the or the methane back uh background now hydrogen sulfide is a big deal because what mm-hmm. we do know is it's it can actually the cysteine residue that normally we produce on our diet gets absorbed and gets converted. But when you have bacterial overgrowth, it produces hydrogen sulfide, which leads to inflammation. Ultimately, inflammation is the root cause of all of this. And so what I think we're seeing in you is that you have root causes, the inflammatory process. You're exactly right that when you had your your Genova stool test, that when you had the uh, fat in there, you are malabsorbing fat. Now, are you malabsorbing fat due to bacterial overgrowth? It could also be pancreas, and we do see this overlap with that. But it is completely linked to all these different things that a lot of times other doctors say, well, you just have chronic pain, fibromyalgia, fatigue, sleep Mm -hmm. disturbance, migraines, but your initial presentation was all about the brain. The thing that I think you'll find interesting is that once we know that we set this inflammatory cascade off, I wanna show Mm. you this arrow right here. Yes. New data has shown that when a mast cell gets stimulated, it'll release um, histamine and serotonin and proteases, but the histamine itself um, will actually stimulate the enteric nervous system, which will go straight Mm. to the CNS. So when you mentioned earlier, I do know that there is a gut-brain connection vaguely Mm -hmm. Well, it's mediated through the enteric nervous system, and it is yeah. very, very, very sensitive. So mm-hmm. when you have intestinal inflammation, there is your gut-brain connection. So mm-hmm. if you look at this, the new evidence is now showing that this gut-brain connection is in all different kinds of yeah. dementia, yeah. autism, yes. anxiety, ADHD. Yeah. So, The newest term, it's really fascinating, is leaky brain. Because what yes. researchers have done is that they've actually shown that you can soak colonic tissue in inflammatory mediators, and then they soaked the blood-brain barrier, and they showed that both of them become permeable. So Mm. we do know that there is no doubt about it. It's not in your head. That whole depersonalization, that anxiety, that depression can all be related to leaky brain. I I am getting into quite a bit of research on cannabidiol or CBD, and there, is, mm. um, there, there are some in vitro studies where they actually looked at how they can improve the blood-brain barrier, which mm-hmm. ultimately helps with all that. So my fear is that these kind of things will continue to, like, like you're already worried, continue mm-hmm. to progress to lead to more um, mm-hmm. autoimmune issues, to lead to more things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. the whole FMT thing is really fascinating to me because we got very excited about it and then the FDA came in. And, mm. then, and then they basically pulled the plug and then we said, no, it's very effective in clustering difficile mm. infections.
2: Yes, I know that too.
1: Yeah, and so that's what it's really only allowed for here. So yeah. the whole concept of just saying, well, just take somebody's super donor of poop, mm. getting back to the, how we prepare it, you may have a super donor right here, meaning you have a diverse microbiome, Yeah, but once we process it, you mm. may decrease the viability of that. Even if you do DNA analysis, yeah. you don't know if that bacteria is viable. So yeah. what I'm getting at is I think it would be very interesting to, in somebody like you, let's say that we advance the science of this. We can go, oh, mm. okay, Heli, I think that, unfortunately, um, we, this particular donor did not have enough of butyrate-producing bacteria. How do we get more of that in there? I am mm. a big fan of spore-based biotics, spore biotics. Yeah.
2: Mega spore. Mm
1: yeah so if you want but, it's, want, but
2: that's, a, that's a probiotic how can I take that
1: so I want you to go to our show yeah. and I actually we actually interviewed their their CEO PhD Kirin mm-hmm. Christian and yeah. beautiful how he explains the science of probiotics and it's incredible okay. how he explains how the spore based biotics um, send signaling to other bacteria so one mm-hmm. of the things that they can do and the reason why we're teaming up is because we realize that the polyphenols in atron can actually Mm -hmm. um, help feed the spore-based bacteria. And what it does is it goes through and doesn't become out of its spore phase until it gets to the ileum, at which point Mm -hmm. signaling goes, and goes, oh, we're gonna end up in the colon. Then it gets to the colon, Mm -hmm. wakes up, and starts tapping other bacteria and goes, hey guys, we need to diversify a little bit. And they've actually shown that they can deliver vaccines this way and stuff. So the whole concept of spore-based biotics is mm. is really fascinating and new on yes. which spore based but so yes
2: but I can th- i just ask you on till um i have there's there, i know there are three ingredients uh-huh. uh one is from peppermint which is fine uh i just don't know all that much from about this bark tree thingy is it
1: well you know that all really good questions all extremely complex so mm-hmm. the bark you're talking about is cabracho, cabracho colorado. That's the thing that makes yeah. atrontil unique, is because we actually are the only product that has this. Cabracho yeah. Colorado is a proanthocyanidin or a tannin. Mm-hmm. So it's the mm-hmm. tannins are um proanthocyanidins combined into a large molecule. So the thing that we needed to help with SIBO is that we needed atrantil to be a poorly absorbed molecule. So when we were talking okay. to scientists. Then we looked at all the animal data that had been done. And so what we Mm -hmm. do know is that in animal models, sheep and cattle that are fed this tend to have a much healthier microbiome. They tend to produce Mm -hmm. milk. They tend to have um, increased weight gain and things like that. So from an Mm -hmm. animal perspective, we've been feeding cattle for a long time. From a human perspective, you're getting it in a lot of different sources that you didn't really realize. For instance, Mm -hmm. wine things like that you're getting a lot of this
2: polyphenols, of polyphenols. yeah
1: polyphenols. Yeah, but polyphenols is a huge umbrella yes. or every time somebody does some research on it it appears that they are beneficial in ways that can, that can become very complex so mm-hmm. this is that whole postbiotic conversation that when yes. you take a polyphenol or an undigested polysaccharide that gets to the colon Bacteria can break them down into different things. There are uh, different molecules, so that bacteria can break something down and then produce a molecule called urolithin. Urolithin signals old and sick mitochondria to die. So that is mitophagy. Uh, so yeah.
2: this,
1: is the, this is the kind of complex signaling that's going on. So and
2: so, do do new when they die? Does new micro, mitochondria like? Does the body produce more or?
1: Yes, so it's like autophagy. Autophagy. Yes, yes. It's mitophagy. It's just the signaling to say, hey, you're an old, unfunctioning powerhouse. Yeah. We we need a new one over here. Okay. So then the big argument, if you talk to in vitro. Scientists or bench researchers that look, what they can show mm-hmm. is that these polyphenols, like reservatrol, like berberine, like yes. I mean, all these molecules are, are similar, like quercetin, like uh, turmeric, all these. Mm. So they'll say, oh, well, one of the problems is, is that it actually creates a little bit of stress on cells. Mm. And so it, that's that antioxidant thing that you're talking about, which is, oh, mm. if you take too many antioxidants, then we don't know what it does. In vivo, I think what's happening is, is that that is a version of hormesis. Actually, I think there's a term for it. It's called xenohormesis, meaning you're outside. Hormesis is the adaption to a stress. So the reason mm-hmm. why you work out and the reason why exercise is functional is because that's, that's a hormetic response. The reason why, oh, you're in Sweden. You guys are loving saunas, right? You guys are a big sauna society. <laughs>
2: It's more, it's more Finland, but yeah, um, I
1: understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge sauna fan because that's a great example of turning oh. on, um, heat shock proteins. And so what that does is you stress your body a little bit to make it adapt more. So you get this bigger, mm-hmm. this bigger response. I think that the yeah. whole emerging role in the U S we're, we're really limited by the research that we do is usually funded mm-hmm. by pharmaceutical companies. Yes. And yes. so here, that's mm-hmm. what. That's really what I'm trying to do is try and bridge this gap and say, okay, how do we look at some of this um, consistent research that's been done in the lab, done in animals, some mm. small studies in humans and say, can we translate this to mm. benefit somebody like you? So yes. I want, I, what I will tell you what I will do is I'll try and dive more into the FMT thing, ask around yes, thank you. if they've had some different challenges like this. And um, in the meantime, I hope that this helps mm-hmm. you discuss a little bit more with your doctor. And I will. Can I, you know, Heli, I think we should probably wrap this up. But yes,
2: yes. So you. what's the next step? Do you, you will get in touch with me when you've found someone and then we can set up a meeting for, for the, for the new thing, for the new recording Yes. Or the show or
1: what yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need to heal you and bring you back on so that we can yes,
2: figure please. out what healed you. Yes, yeah. please. So
1: next step is for you to tell everybody to watch the gut check project so that maybe yes. one FMT expert will see it and go, Okay, I'm willing to talk and then we can pick their brains.
2: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. So So it's well, very
1: beautiful. Hang in there. I hope that this I will I hope this Zoom at least helps you to relax a little bit and we oh, know that okay. people are still trying. There's a lot of scientists out there working on a lot of these things. The joint mm-hmm. thing, I'm a complete loss. I've always thought of EDS as a genetic thing.
2: Genetic. Yeah. 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 But
1: then again, we have this whole epigenetic field where yes. you carry a gene and then something happens that turns it on. That's another yeah. yeah. process. So yeah.
2: Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if I have that gene. I'm going to ask for, Uh, investigation in that too because if I don't have it then it really really is proof that it's something with SIBO or from the gut yeah then I would actually know yeah
1: yeah fascinating yeah
2: yeah okay Dr. Brown thank you so much for your time and thank you you for
1: allowing us to share this with our audience um I think there's a lot of people that watch this and realize that you put a face to a problem a lot of people feel alone when they're doing that
2: yeah 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 they do yeah hopefully we can figure this out um yeah okay dr brown thank you so much i don't want to take more of your time now thank you you too okay i will thank you bye bye
0: all right so we're back after the video hey um i get to see you at the procedure uh setting whenever we do the colonoscopies Is it like that every day in the clinic side? Because we don't have those kind of interactions with the patients whenever we have them come through. So, I mean, we we just heard about the Hashimoto's, Aylers Dan. Uh, goodness, going to screw up how to say it, Aylers Danlos. Thank yeah. you. But uh, so we hear that that's what she's suffering. Alopecia,
1: from oh, Auto- losing hair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a beautiful woman who's this has disrupted her life. That's why I wanted, and uh, you know, and thank you to Helly for letting us do this. Absolutely, because, thank
0: you, Helly. Yeah, because it
1: actually adds a face to the disease. This is what I do every day. People come in and they're desperate, and I want to talk about something unique that nobody's putting this thing together. Well, let's do And that. hopefully, uh, people like Siobhan Sarna can spread the message sure. about what I think I uncovered um, when I was preparing for this with with Helly and listening to her i'm like oh my gosh wait a minute i think i know what's going on because the key to heli is so it was a two-hour interview and i cut it down to 15 minutes mm-hmm. so there's a lot that's left out okay much like um shojan Pedro, what's his name
0: yeah you're right pedro
1: yeah. yeah when when he interviewed me for his netflix movie mm-hmm. and we did like 30 minutes of filming and i got like 30 seconds of airtime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the gold's not through everything.
1: It's Not, so, it's not all gold in the hills. Pedro shows him. yeah Yeah. shows him. Yeah. So he's got. Uh, he does his docu series. You said it right the first
0: time. He just him? did it with a with a last name, comma first name.
1: Oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. You end up on the editing floor, and I remember like Lovitch said, "Why don't you just be more interesting, and you'll make it into the actual <laughs> film?" I'm like, Damn it.
0: <laughs> Lovitch holding back.
1: All right. So anyway, so it was a two hour interview that we that I uh, clipped down so that the thing that people want to hear. And if you're that person and if you have SIBO or IBS or autoimmune issues, there's a high likelihood that some of what she talked about is relevant to you, Correct. which the thing that kept resonating to me is the anxiety. So she can deal with most of it, but the anxiety and the depression and the panic never had in her entire life and just something happened. So that's what I'm to get into. Post fecal microbial transplant, she ended up having all these issues.
0: Yeah. It, and you're right. Having anxiety basically takes away the ability for the coping mechanism to deal with the other present problems. It's just a, it's compounding the issues. Yeah.
1: It's like insult to injury. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have gut issues, but now you're having brain issues yeah,
0: and you can't even reason through it without feeling kind of terrible.
1: Well, I want to explain all that. And I started looking into this and then I started um, doing some Google searches mm-hmm. on FMT, which mm-hmm. is fecal microbial transplant. Sure. And one of my partners that I was going to interview, Dr. Ackerman, who's actually done a bunch of this, we started talking about the consequences of this and, that, hey, we don't really understand exactly what's going on. So if you Google it, it looks like it's the panacea. People are offering this for autism, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. They're saying, I have the cure to this. But I'll let you know right now that the FDA is regulating this because there's been uh, recently two deaths yeah. on fecal microbial transplant. And so the FDA is getting involved. So a lot of these different clinics and stuff are doing them um, outside of the US.
0: Yeah. Is it Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Central America, Bahamas. Exactly.
1: Like so patients always ask me about this. And if I had a way to say I'm about ready to geek out, I'm going to geek out. So I wanted to go into a deeper discussion into the science and talk about improving the risk and improve the beneficial effect of fecal microbial transplant. I remember I've had so many friends call me up and they're like, hey, my mom um, has dementia. Do you think a microbial transplant? And if you've never thought about it, it seems weird. But once you're desperate, it seems like the easiest thing that you can do. Sure. I'm going to take my poop from this good, healthy person, Mm -hmm. put it in somebody else, and people are discussing how it affects all these other diseases. This is an example of how somebody did it, and it unlocked diseases in her. Interesting. The epigenetic phenomenon. Epigenetics means that you have genes in you, and then when you have an environmental shift, you end up unlocking these genes and they become relevant. Mm-hmm. It's super complex. So in my own practice, I've actually had um, twins that had ulcerative, one had ulcerative colitis and they gave a fecal microbial transplant from the healthy twin to the to the one that had ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. and they did it multiple times. And. So the colitis got better. Good. Interesting. She also took on the traits of the other twin. She ended up having acne. She ended up putting on some weight. She ended up doing some different things. Fascinating. Yeah. Think about that. I can sit there and put this. So then I started looking into it. And then there's mouse studies where they have looked. And they have shown that if you take a mouse that has Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. they can genetically modify mice to have that. And then you give a non Parkinson's mouse uh, or a non Parkinson's mouse and you uh, transplant, they end up developing Parkinson's. Wow. And that happened with blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity. Traits get transferred in the bacteria. It's nuts. So we sit there and go, oh my gosh, that's like a big deal. So. The original studies that have actually been done have looked, and humans have shown this, where when they do a microbial transplant, nobody's writing about this. Everybody's saying it's a fantastic thing. Sure. Um, there's this Biome.org thing where they're collecting poop and they're giving it to people. What I want to get into is why. I'm not saying it's good or bad. What I'm, what I want to discuss is the science of how bad things can happen. Sure. Which is very unpopular. Like everybody wants it to work. Everybody wants it. And so do we, yes. I mean, would, 100% would it be yeah. awesome. But yeah. so like in Helly's case, she developed, I really think that she developed, uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome yeah. from it.
0: It's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. And, um, just just as a, as a caveat this is not to undermine the research the application of FMT whatsoever it's just basically just what gut check projects for let's discuss everything that's applicable here
1: so in a recent review so FMT I'm, I'm just going to refer to it as FMT fecal microbial sure. transplant has emerged as a legitimate treatment for the FDA recognizes it for C. diff infection clostridium difficile infection which is bad which is real bad what happens is if you take antibiotics, you can actually wipe out all your other uh, bacteria and one lives and then they just sort of colonize and create havoc. So we do know that it worked very well for that. But in a recent review, two to six percent of people that have actually uh, done FMT had very serious adverse events. Hmm. Infection was noted in 2.5 percent. One of the problems is that the current screening process mm-hmm. is very similar to blood. So if I'm gonna take your poop, put it in me, I'm just gonna say, do you have Hep A, B, C, sure. AIDS, blah, blah, you're good, because we're treating it like blood. But it's not blood. It's not blood, we don't know enough about it. Yeah. So the current process is that this is what we're actually doing. And then I started looking online, and I found out that there's all these DYI, do it yourself, Mm-hmm websites that tell you how to do it so they're not even screening for that they're just saying fine now that i did not
0: know there's diy websites for how to do an fmt on your
1: own dude i got so deep into the weeds in this thing the fecal microbial transplant thing everybody wants to say it'll fix i mean it'll fix Everything you name a disease, somebody's saying that it fixes it. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to talk about right here. This is why we do this show. The problem is that right now, a super donor, which is what Helly had, so her doctor gave her a super donor, which is a somebody that has no infection that they could find, okay, and they had a broad microbial species, um, is more important than anything else, okay. What we don't really take into account is how does that super donor's Bacteria that that person developed their entire life, mm-hmm. and they interact in an epigenetic way, meaning that they actually interact with your body. Why would that be the same as you?
0: I don't know, because uh, you know it being a because mi- it's essentially a micro environment that's inside. What if you don't live in the same region of the world that I do? What if you don't participate in the same activities that I do? Uh, if you don't eat the same foods that I eat, I'm. It's, there's a lot left open to interpretation and understanding, it seems to me.
1: Totally. And then, as it turns out, one thing that we're not even discussing is the byproducts of bacteria. Sure. So when I say byproducts, I don't mean that as waste. What I mean is that the bacteria, the bacteria that we have in our bodies, the our microbiome produces certain beneficial things. Oh, urolithin. All kinds of cool stuff like that. Postbiotics. Postbiotics. Well, I... Um, I love it because when I gave the lecture at Natural Grocers, Mm -hmm. I was talking about postbiotics Mm -hmm. and one of the dietitians said, well, what about short chain fatty acids? And I thought on a local level, butyrate, which helps colonocytes. And I said, well, I I don't consider that a postbiotic. She's like, I think you should reconsider because the reality is that those short chain and then guess what? She was 100% right. She was spot on. Spot on. Yeah. So props to natural grocers, to hiring super smart people and teaching me. And as it turns out, the short chain fatty acids probably play a huge role in this whole process. Sure. Um, it's a byproduct of bacteria. And what happens is when you eat vegetables or complex polysaccharides mm-hmm. or prebiotics mm-hmm. or polyphenols, polyphenols. yeah. They all kind of do the same thing. They basically go to the colon where your bacteria then break them down. Sure. And they produce certain um, short-chain fatty acids. These short-chain fatty acids interact in the body in different ways. So it sounds really uh, chemistry, but it's one is called butyrate, which as it turns out is fantastic for your body. Sure. One is called acetate. Oh, acetate. Is that the thing that develops when you work out really hard and deplete your ATP? Yes. Same thing. So, as it turns out, that crosses a blood-brain barrier yeah. and creates inflammatory processes. Right. So, these short-chain fatty acids, what I'm getting at is, I'm gonna take somebody else's poop, put it in you, and we're hoping that it all works out. This particular article looked really deep into the different short-chain fatty acids that are actually produced. Right. And in Helly's case, even though she got her transplant from a super donor, I think that one of her issues is that her body's own microbiome may have interacted and she produced more lactate-producing bacteria. Interesting which crossed into her brain, which caused her panic. Attack. So lactate, of course, is something that we
0: measure on somebody who has overactivity. If somebody has a rhabdomyolysis, I mean, there's all kinds of, of implications of too much lactate. And of course, that's related to lactic acid. You get that whenever you're fatigued. So if she has bacteria, you can only imagine if they're overproducing that, that that would, of course, make her fatigued and more inflamed, right?
1: Absolutely. Satish Rao, um, who's a a gastrologist out of Augusta, Georgia, uh, um, a SIBO expert, I think Siobhan interviewed him actually. Satish, yeah. Yeah. Um, He published a study which showed that if you take lactate-producing bacteria, Mm -hmm. that those people that take a probiotic with Mm SIBO, they end up with more anxiety and more depression and it all fits. Interesting. So Helly if you if you watch this interview Helly's like the thing that bothered me the most was my anxiety and my panic. She even talked about a depersonalization experience where every time she she's like I I, I don't get it. I've never been like that. I'm telling you that the bacteria produced lactate that crossed the blood-brain barrier that resulted in brain inflammation that resulted in your anxiety.
0: A behavioral change. A behavioral change. Yeah, just from bacteria. That's, I mean, it's, it's wild, but it's, it's probably true.
1: I mean, microbiome has evolved in the gut together. And it's very complex. They signal. If you watch our show with Kieran, mm-hmm. he talks about how the bacteria talk to each other. Definitely. So when we sit there and say, oh, we're going to wipe this one out, or I'm going to give more of this one, mm-hmm. that may adversely affect the chain downstream.
0: Well, and it's probably all the more reason why a DIY FMT is a, is a poor idea. You're, there's so much more research that needs to be done.
1: <sighs> you know... The whole FMT thing is, is scary because, well, it's just because we just don't know what to do we don't with know, it. We don't know enough yet. We don't know enough. Yeah. Peter Adia said it past where he was like, he goes, we have the ability to test stool. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah, he did. He was the first person that just blunted it down. But he said it several times and I agree with him. Yeah. Um, so the one thing we know is that we do need a high diversity. Correct. So the more diverse your microbiome is, the better. So now here's sort of the cool part. In a healthy individual, the colon is predominantly... uh Gonna get geeky. Ready? Ready. The colon is predominantly dominated by obligate anaerobes. Obligate
0: anaerobes. Okay.
1: Do you know what that is? Lack of oxygen.
0: They, lack of oxygen. Yeah. They, they need to exist in order to proliferate with a lack of oxygen. Correct?
1: Correct. Okay. So they need to... They will proliferate in an oxygen-free environment. Okay. Names like Bacteroides and Formicides and these different phylum that we talk about. This allows for a higher production of butyrate, the short-chain fatty acid. Which is beneficial to colonocytes. Which is beneficial to colonocytes, and as it turns out, it's beneficial to all intestinal tract stuff.
0: I mean, colonocytes just is a fancy way of saying colon cells. So,
1: just so you know. You're so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Colonocytes are colon cells. All right. So, um, our friend, Dr. Pimentel, he has actually described how, when he's been treating people with SIBO, bacterial overgrowth, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, that he has shown that there are blooms. Oh, okay. Of facultative anaerobes. And he uses the terms blooms. Facultative anaerobes. What he means is somehow these SIBO people end up with more facultative anaerobes in the colon. So SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, bacteria growing where it shouldn't. And then when we try and look at them, he's got the technology at Cedar Sinai Mm -hmm. to show that they're colonic bacteria, they have an overabundance of facultative anaerobes, meaning, what What does that mean?
0: I don't know, because when you used obligate anaerobes, it's almost like an interchangeable before. I didn't really, I'm not really used to the adverb uh, obligate and facultative, so kind of explore that. This is new to me.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So basically, it's a badass bacteria uh-huh. that can swing both ways. Oh! If you give it oxygen, mm-hmm. it will different go. result. It will say, "I can deal with oxygen. I prefer anaerobe." Wow! So if you take the oxygen out, I will do better. But in oxygen environment, I'm going to proliferate more. That's- Meaning you have this bloom. So Pimentel describes it as a bloom. Meaning we're producing too many facultative anaerobes. Interesting. Oh, it's super wild.
0: So, just as an analogy, what we're saying here is uh, there are some freshwater fish and there are saltwater fish, but you also have those fish that uh, can basically change the way that they handle their respiration and their their uh, saltwater content, and they can exist in both uh, brackish. They can exist in brackish water and go back and forth between fresh and salt. So this is kind of like what a facultative this is.
1: Exa- you know what? Thank you for making that analogy. I, I wasn't thinking like that at all, but so yeah, you're exactly right. It's a
0: transitional yeah. bacteria.
1: Yeah. It's a transitional bacteria that will adapt to the environment. Interesting. This is really interesting. So what he has said is that when you have these blooms of facultative anaerobes, these bacteria will prefer an anaerobic environment, but they will switch to oxygen and grow quickly this may be the root cause of dysbiosis. So this could be the reason why I see these SIBO people, Yeah, and their bloating gets better, but they still constipate, and they're still... Uh, you know, the, ah. So
0: the problem is just adapting.
1: So what, what it turns out is, and we're going to get into it in a little bit, uh-huh. um, m- we may be promoting the facultative anaerobes okay and this is why it's a chronic condition so if you're somebody that um is suffering with SIBO, i think that maybe your diet choices could be singularly selecting a facultative anaerobe which does not produce butyrate Butyrate.
0: so we need to incur we need to take things that encourage butyrate production Is that what we're getting to? That's exactly what I'm getting to.
1: Interesting. So I'm circling around to everything where I'm like, we are not producing enough butyrate in our body. So
0: uh, knowing, and I don't want to jump ahead, but just to to bring the audience along, knowing kind of uh, that we want that and that that is typically a byproduct of the bacteria that we already have, I would assume the most natural way for us to execute this is to give those bacteria the tools to make butyrate, correct? Is that where we're going? Oh, you're spot on. All right, you're a
1: smart, dude. You know that.
0: No, I don't know about that, but I think that I want my my colon bacteria to produce
1: butyrate. So this is all a lead up to this one particular article, and this, to my knowledge, this is the first article to address how the actual process of FMT may affect what we're doing to people. Okay. And when I think back to Helly, I'm like, I think this happened to you. Yeah. So currently, if you take someone's poop, what they do is for a fecal microbial transplant, you take someone's poop, you screen it for the typical pathogens. So you're going to look for AIDS, hep C, hep, blah, 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 whatever. The, the same stuff we always do for, for blood, and they're going to say, look, it's, it's not there. And then they will label them as a super donor if they have a huge diversity. Okay. So now your poop is actually worth something. If you actually want to, I know that you donate a lot of plasma and sperm and everything else that you do to raise money. It's
0: it's all I could do to get here today.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's for gas money. But now if you actually have if you're a super poop donor, you can you can label that one on there.
0: It just sounds like another 30 minutes of my day. <laughs>
1: So a super donor is somebody that has actually a broad diversity of um, of bacteria and so in Helly's case, what she did is that she receives a uh, colonoscopy mm-hmm. where they where they did it there and then she did two enemas afterwards okay so they did a slurry. So I started getting into it and I started looking at this, and this particular article made total sense to me. I'm like, why would helly have such horrible issues when they've used this stool. So this particular institute in Sweden uses this super donor all the time. They found what they thought was a super donor. Mm -hmm. These guys showed, the problem is, is that the process is to take someone's poop, Mm -hmm. and you mix it with sterile water, okay, and then you blend it. Okay. You blend it. Yeah. Meaning, that the blending process draws oxygen into the compound.
0: So now you're facilitating not the action that you wanted.
1: And there's going to be oxygen dissolved in water. It's the first time ever that somebody has thought about this, where they said, by the blending process, by the actual process of what we're doing for the fecal microbial transplant, we're automatically promoting facultative anaerobes, not obligate anaerobes.
0: Wow. Interesting. And it's, and I would imagine by proxy, now you're decreasing the butyrate production of these exact 100%. Okay. And that's exactly what we don't want, right?
1: Yeah. So they actually propose that, uh, if you're going to do this, so these, by having the faculty of anaerobes means that we're going to have less butyrate uh-huh. and we're going to have more of the lactate, yeah, the propionate and these different uh, short chain, um, fatty acids, which by the way, they have shown that, um, they took mice. And as I had mentioned earlier, where they, when they transplanted, but one of the really cool things is that they show that the level of lactate not only affected the brain, but it affected insulin resistance and blood pressure
0: It has to, if you think about the way the body responds to high, um, exercise and fatigue, Yeah, because that's what we do.
1: So we're sitting here giving drugs to people and we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Is the real way to health? To feed the microbiome so that it produces more butyrate. So um, what they did is they took a mouse model. They went, holy cow, is there a way to produce more butyrate-producing bacteria? bacteria. Mm-hmm. So they did a fecal microbial transplant test where they did anaerobic slurries. Okay, which I don't know how they did that, but they basically kept the oxygen out of the blender somehow. Okay. And then they um, stored it with prebiotics. Interesting. Oh, and allowed them to. And allowed the bacteria. To build some butyrate. To build some butyrate. Nice. And then they transplanted it. The butyrate concentration in the mice that they did that with uh-huh. went through the roof. Well, that's that's what we want. That's exactly what we want. So then they looked at that and they went, well, what what actually produces the most butyrate? And uh-huh. they looked at prebiotics. Prebiotic is an undigested fiber, and then I started looking at different studies. And as it turns out, people have done this research already. Polyphenols, man. Polyphenols. So as it turns out, polyphenols—same ones in oxtreantil—actually get the bacteria to produce more butyrate.
0: Shout out to Joe uh, Joe uh, Bot- uh, Botel out in uh, Exeter University at the UK, who who was doing the uh, research on uh, athletes and talking about butyrate just the same Um, that's that's exactly why she said that anthocyanidin uh, polyphenols were so uh, so powerful in helping athletes so anyway just to piggyback on that
1: our little super weapon just sent me an article this morning uh, uh, that uh, showed that Mm proanthocyanidins are extremely protective against Alzheimer's disease through the mitigation of reactive oxygen species. But I would counter that and say, I think this is all a big Venn diagram. I think it's butyrate, ROS, RNS, which is reactive nitrogen species and everything.
0: That's so funny because that's what Joe was talking about was the ROS side. And now we've got uh, your example with Heli where where we're trying to reduce lactate all the while producing butyrate, Correct. correct? So you're, exa- it, you're right, it's a Venn diagram on why the correct prebiotics to allow the uh, right uh, microbiome to break them down into the beneficial products that your body needs is important. And that's yeah. why having enough polyphenols would be essential.
1: All right, so let's tie this back in. What's the point of reading all these articles if you can't sit there and apply it? So one of the things that I said at the, early, at the first part of the show is that I love doing this because it forces me to be open. Sure. And I just told you why being open is important. Right. It forces you to be open and to accept new ideas. And now let's apply this particular article that talked about FMT Mm -hmm. and how blending it creates oxygen, which leads to the wrong type of bacteria growing. Correct. We do this in our SIBO people. We tell them to eat low FODMAP. We tell them to do SCD. We tell them to do elemental. So we're trying to protect their small bowel. So we should increase FODMAP. Well, in the reality, we're starving Mm -hmm. the obligate anaerobes that want to produce butyrate. Yeah, we're we're changing their environment. We're changing their environment. Their
0: response is to not make butyrate.
1: This is the aha moment that I had. I went, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here looking at this. We bridge the gap. That's our job is to bridge the gap. Now I've got, you know, the low FODMAP diet. Yes, it'll make you feel better, but guess what? Maybe that's why Pimentel goes, Now we have blooms. This yeah. is tying it all together. This is why now it's a chronic issue. So I'm sitting with my patients going, you know what? So when we had Doug Wallin on the show, yeah. uh, episode twenty nine, I, I, so. I think. Yeah. Um, him and I talked afterwards and he said when he first started doing a plant-based diet, he got super bloated mm-hmm. when he powered through it. He's never felt better. I believe we're doing something wrong by telling people to restrict their diet. I think we should muscle through it. I think that we should tolerate the bloating. I think that we should take atrontil, Teal, Zyfax, Neomycin, whatever you're going to do. Carry out the exact thing in the small bowel, but you have to feed your bacteria so that you have the proper bacteria to produce butyrate and decrease the inflammatory response.
0: That is really interesting. Uh, You know, I like analogies. So if you had, if you had a dog in the backyard, okay, this 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 is how I just kind of picture
1: it. I know you love analogies, but sometimes your analogies, I'm just like,
0: what? Yeah. You got a dog in the backyard, right? And you're supposed to be feeding him.
1: I'm looking at you right now. and I, 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 I kind of feel like Rick and Morty. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as you're Morty. Here we go. Hop
0: in the spaceship. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I, I just think of like a, a dog that's in the backyard and you're feeding it and you're feeding it and you're feeding it. And suddenly one day you don't feed it anymore. And you have this nice wooden fence all the way around. That dog doesn't want to die that dog is going to chew a hole in that fence and destroy your nice little fence, and it's going to go and find food somewhere else. Now, that, that hole is the breach. That hole is the illness. That hole is the overproduction of lactate. That's kind of the... You're exactly right. It's it, the, the dog is the bacteria. It wants to eat. and if It's you're not going giving, to survive yeah, one way or the other. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to make its adjustment because it doesn't want to die. And so feeding it the correct meals, the prebiotics, is probably a much better avenue than just avoiding everything that it was after.
1: So expanding on your analogy, mm-hmm. the way that I would view it is a little bit like this, that you have, um, I'm horrible at analogies. I I, I I would say, okay, so you have the same fence, you have the same yard. Uh, yeah, you're real original. <laughs> <laughs> and you have uh, two seals. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. dog. Yeah. Okay. No water. Yeah. So there's so there's so there's there's a pool so that Peter doesn't come. So there's a pool so the seals are hanging out. And every day you go out there and you throw fish mm-hmm. at the seals and the dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog doesn't like fish. Right. So the dog will chew its way out. Correct. The seals are like, let's have a party. They get on their cell phones, and they call more
0: seals. More seals, yeah.
1: And then you end up in a backyard full of seals, and now you have to keep feeding fish. So the analogy is similar, but basically you're, pre- you're pre-selecting. Yeah. By doing low FODMAP, all these other things, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not having a diverse microbiome. The ideal backyard would be a harmonious zoo. Right. A menagerie. A menagerie. <laughs> yeah. Much like your own backyard. That's right.
0: So many animals.
1: <laughs> Would you please explain what a menagerie is no, and No, you have to
0: go back to some other episodes. I'm <laughs> not going back that far. Like, menagerie is a word for a collection of a bunch of different animals. That's all you need
1: to know. Yes. So um, it's it, it just got me thinking. I'm like, I'm going to change how I do. I, I'm going to change how I treat Sibo. What we need to do is we need to get rid of the bacteria and then we need to feed the bacteria. How can we do that? Oh, mind blown. That's why I think Atron Teal has worked over time. So as it turns out, I found a bunch of articles, mouse articles, human articles, mm-hmm. all these other things where I would have people that would come to me and be like, you know, I've taken it for like three months and now I'm better. I believe that we fixed SIBO and then we fed the bacteria every single day
0: that's i mean the in all honesty pulling the curtain back that's not the way that we've been studying the polyphenol effect uh, from the beginning this is very eye-opening it actually is still i mean i can still see how fmt is could probably still be incredibly beneficial but it has to be delivered and prepared the right way.
1: Oh, these authors went into a whole different deal where they were trying to figure out how can we improve FMT, and they thought about like um, putting it with antibiotics to decrease certain bacteria, and then what they realized is you can't play God. Yeah, this that's stuff. a
0: mess. That's it's chemi- a hot mess. That's like chemical warfare.
1: And that's how come they said, why don't we just? Throw a bunch of prebiotics in there and see what happens.
0: Let me ask you, uh, so what you described earlier in this example was the slurry so that, you know, basically you're taking a solid and you're mixing it up or blending it with a bunch of water is, would you say that after reading that, that possibly the delivery where people were using the frozen capsules? that that would be a little bit different because the preparation is different and isn't requiring the blending activity or are those capsules prepared that way
1: they're to my knowledge are actually all prepared the same way and then they freeze them okay and then they take it so the the
0: the the insult is occurring long before the preparation or the delivery it's or or, i'm sorry is is occurring in the preparation not the delivery
1: yeah so dr ackerman my partner he's done a bunch of these. And we talked about the different methods that he has found. Mm-hmm. So what Heli will describe, um, or what she described in her interview, was that when they gave her the enema, mm-hmm. she pooped it out right away. It created severe cramping and all this other stuff. Yeah. So what uh, my partner, Dr. Ackerman, does is he goes down with what is called an enteroscope. And he goes through the mouth. Wow, that's a long one. And goes as far as he can go into the small bowel. Mm-hmm. And then they run the fecal slurry Mm -hmm. that what he did is he would order super donors and they would send capsules and then he would melt the capsules and put them in a slurry and then he would just push it down through the small bowel because what you want is to not have that that uh urge to poop right away evacuate yeah Yeah. so there's all these different ways of doing it so the reason why i said that she got the cult the Uh, Colonoscopy the first time, and then enema two other times. I'm not really sure that it's stuck. It's so much more complex than we're actually thinking about.
0: Yeah, it's just but it's wild, though, just thinking that something as simple as the exposure to oxygen doesn't kill the bacteria, it just changes their orientation on what they're going to be doing. It's the
1: first time ever I've thought about that. I'm like, we we just can't take somebody's poop. And it seems so silly,
0: but it makes the most sense because they're in an anaerobic environment. Naturally, we're trying to help them, but alter it. Right. And this is filled with almost 21% or a little more than 21% oxygen right where we're sitting right now. So when we do this prep and we're not keeping it from that, if the bacteria doesn't die or doesn't turn dormant, it's going to make an adjustment, right? So it makes sense.
1: It's, it's absolutely incredible that these bacteria, when you change it, when you listen to Heli's story and very clearly it's all bacterial related she had an epigenetic phenomenon which turned on certain genes these bacteria are communicating with your body do we live for them or do they live for us?
0: Oh I think we're vehicles for those little bitty guys. It's crazy yeah so you better take care of them because they're going to do you in if you don't
1: I listened to a podcast with Dave Asprey we had a a microbiologist on from Stanford Uh and the guy was like he's like look the thing that we don't really get, and this is, like, I mean, the guy lives and breathes colonic bacteria. This is his whole life. He goes, the thing that we're, it's dizzying that when you change one volume of a bacteria, they send signals to others. And we're learning that downstream signaling affects something else. So you think that you want to take one probiotic because yeah. that's the good one? No. Oh, they're going to make adjustments. They're going to make adjustments, and they do this. So I asked, or uh, Dave asked him, he's like, so what do you do? He's like, dude, <laughs> the key is just to eat a healthy diet. I mean, it sounds so stupid, but one of the smartest microbiologists in the world is like, I don't know what to do. Just eat good? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it sounds simple, but it, it probably makes the most sense.
1: Oh, uh, So here we have this situation where... There is, um, if you have the wrong type of bacteria, mm-hmm. uh, I've got so many studies in my head right now that I, I, I don't want to vomit all of it out right now, Sure, but there was, there was a study which showed that when you have an overgrowth of facultative anaerobes, they will actually produce higher levels of ghrelin. Oh, what's ghrelin?
0: So you've got uh ghrelin can wait. I'm sorry. I'll make sure. I Don't get this backwards. Um, The uh, drive to eat and then the uh, filled. So your drive to eat will go up.
1: Your drive to eat will go up. You'll never be full. Right. They produce frickin' ghrelin.
0: So that's going to lead to some uh, incidences of obesity. And then, of course, when you can't find enough food, you end up making poorer food choices. We know that. And then if you end up making poorer food choices and you're never being satiated or you don't have satiety, you continue to consume low-density Caloric foods, and it's pretty much what happens with the overproduction of ghrelin, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what happens is ghrelin. Uh, so, there's a hormone called leptin, which mm-hmm. tells us that we're full, cool, yeah. and there's a hormone called ghrelin, which says that you're hungry. And now we're showing that certain bacteria produce it. So, you have these people that are like, I'm not. Oh, and ghrelin does more than that. It, it tells you that you're hungry, but it also lowers your basal metabolic rate and does a few other things. Oh, yeah. So, you have all these people that are like, um, I'm. I'm eating less, I'm gaining weight, and it all comes down to bacteria. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot to be said about, okay, now we need to, if I can increase your diversity. So now I'm getting into the science of how do I combine the polyphenols with the proper diet to increase the butyrate, maybe this can work. It's health span is the important thing, but people are on short-term basis. So if you're gaining weight, maybe it's a bacterial change.
0: Fantastic information, but it makes sense. It's crazy. If we're truly going to get into the science on how bad. If you already buy into the idea that your microbiome is important, this this is just the precipice. This is the very beginning on why it's important. It's way more than just I just need a healthy colon. It's your entire body.
1: Oh. Dude, don't even get me started here because now I went down a rabbit hole where I found out that these different short chain fatty acids actually affect something called the vagus nerve, which is the grand oh. highway between the gut and the brain. For sure. Definitely. I want to find a vagus nerve expert. Let's bring him on and let's talk about that because um, I think that the vagus nerve being stimulated may be a way to control all of it. It's the master regulator. Sure. It, it 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 results in motility issues. It results in mood. It results in all these things. I'm I thought that I would like end up with a conclusion here, and now I have more questions than I started with.
0: Well, just as a side note, because I don't want to have any more questions, if this is the first <laughs> time you've ever heard of the word Vegas nerve, it's oh. V A G U S, not like Las Vegas, it's V A G U S. And if I remember Try right, that. that is Latin for wandering. And it's because it innervates or it touches so many different points all throughout our body. Uh, it's cranial nerve number 10 of the 12 cranial nerves. So, vagus nerve, wandering nerve, and it handles basically your rest and digest. So, but it is a lot more than that, too.
1: So, for uh, odd fact uh, minute, from Eric, yeah. <laughs> wandering nerve. I did not Eric. know that. <laughs> yeah,
0: so there you go. That's why. That's why it's called Vegas. V a g u s. It just means that it goes everywhere.
1: So this is for everybody out there that is struggling with SIBO, struggling with um, if you have digestive issues. Heck, if you have mental issues, maybe it has nothing to do with your. Um, what we think, which is serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. Yeah,
0: we, yeah that's right. We think. Yeah. We think.
1: <laughs> maybe it comes down to your bacteria. Maybe you need to feed your bacteria so that we can get everything back in balance. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, I've been to, I mean, every conference I go to, nobody's talking like this. No, Nobody's talking.
0: No, heck, I did not even heard of.
1: Dude, because we sit here, nobody's doing the research. Like, you have to dig deep to find this one little obscure article where they went, we blended it and we showed this
0: i can't wait to try out google to see if anything comes up on facultative uh, anaerobes that's not something that i've ever really been presented with
1: i feel like this kind of stuff needs to get out there i feel like this is why we're doing this i feel like this is why we yeah. i mean i love gut check project because it makes me a better doctor it makes me more open to new ideas definitely but this is the This particular thing just blew my mind. Poor Heli in Sweden is like many of my patients. Um, She did did something a little more extreme, which is the microbial transplant. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up with these different diseases. That's legit. This has disrupted her life. If you're catching the tail end of this show, go back and watch somebody desperately seeking for help. And I'm going to fix her. Well, I'm not her doctor. I right. said multiple times on the on the two hour interview, I'm we're not a doctor. <laughs> we're going to work
0: to help other people. We're going to work
1: to help other people help her.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, f- fascinating. Uh, really, all the way through, fascinating. Nerdy, and, huh? Yeah, nerdy. But uh, for those that are nerdy, uh, KBMD Health, we do have in development three research pages that people can turn to. One specifically for CBD. One soon uh, specifically for rectal bleeding. And then the last one is going to be just for dedicated research where we would keep a lot of this information. So that pretty much does it while I'm looking at, can look at a computer.
1: Oh, because I'm just, I'm OCD and because my lactate levels are high in my brain right now. Yeah, I just want to make sure that we're actually f- like doing everything filming correctly because there's something on the computer that's not normally there. And I'm, I'm worried that everything we're doing is not working well that's kind of scary (laughs) well hey that's
0: going to do it for episode 31 now
1: you know what i'm going to do what's that i'm going to go feed my um obligate anaerobes and increase my butyrate calm down and assume that the computer is doing what it's supposed to do that's what we're going to do. And not worry
0: no no worries here thank you all very much for episode 31 on fecal microbial transplant you got something
1: to add yeah I'm i'm gonna do one one more thing okay so everybody just goes to amazon but for real for real for real go to love my tummy T-U-M-M-Y.com slash K-B-M-D. K-B-M-D. why because it's a huge discount there and we need to start showing people that we're going to come together as a community we're going to help each other so that's why
0: guaranteed two-day delivery from there also oh no kidding no kidding i want to get on there right now yeah for sure thank you all very much episode 31 in the books